Welcome to the Henderson County Performing Arts Center, or as we say, HICPAC, Radio Hour. Since you can't come see us right now, we're bringing HICPAC to you on KLVQ 94.5 FM and 1410 AM. And here's a bit of hopeful news. We tentatively plan to reopen the theater on February 4th with Dearly Beloved, just in time for Valentine's Day. But tonight, enjoy an original HICPAC play written by Marsha Colbert, entitled Episode 49. Starring John Wilson as the narrator, Kenyon Walker as Captain Flair Osgood, Amy Hickman as Lieutenant Penelope Blaze, Declan Phelan as the Sycamore Tree, Fran Bardwell as Madame Birch Tree, and it was directed by Steve Leach. This production was recorded live with safe social distancing at the Henderson County Performing Arts Center. Tonight's performance is brought to you by Cornerstone Payments. And special thanks to Taylor Honey for his production assistance. And remember, you can stream this as well as all our radio plays on our HickPack podcast right after this broadcast. Just search HickPack or Henderson County Performing Arts Center wherever you get your podcasts. And now, episode 49. As we rejoin our fearless hero, Flair Osgood, and his faithful companion, Penelope Blaze, they are hurtling uncontrollably toward an unknown planet in the galaxy Nubaru. After having been torpedoed by their arch enemy, Dr. Demise, who caught them unawares as they left the rest and recreation of planet Hulu after spending a week of, well, resting and recreating. All our controls are dead. I can't maneuver the old girl. Sorry, Penelope. I mean the ship, of course. We have no guidance system, the altimeter is gone, the fuel line is leaking, we have no power. I'm afraid it could be curtains. Oh, Blair, it can't be. It just can't be. I know you can save us. But if this is our last mission, I don't regret a thing. I'm happy to die knowing I could serve such a brave and gallant man as yourself. I salute you, Captain Flair. Don't salute me, Penelope. If we're going to survive, you must wear your seatbelt. Safety first, remember? Now hold on tight, Lieutenant Penelope. We're going down, but not without a fight. I'm going to set this baby into that grove of trees just ahead. Are you buckled in? Head between your knees? Good girl. Get ready for impact in five, four, three, two... Flair! Flair, are you alright? You're bleeding! Speak to me, Flair! Oh, ouch! My airbag didn't go off and I smashed into the windshield and my kneecap banged into the throttle, but I'm alright. Never fear! Did you remember to pack the Mercurochrome and bandages? I'll be right as rain in no time. Oh, Flair! I was so worried! But drats! No, I didn't pack the Mercurochrome and bandages! Let me look in the first aid kit. There must be something in there of use. Penelope fumbles to unlatch her seatbelt and accidentally hits Flair in the nose with her elbow. Ouch! Can't you watch what you're doing, you silly bi- I mean, (laughs) no harm done. Lieutenant Penelope, just give me that first aid kit. Um, I'll I'll check for damage to the computer. Hmm. Still no instruments. As soon as I'm bandaged up, we'll go outside and look at the hull. 
Here you go, Darl. I mean, Captain Flare. As Lieutenant Penelope opens the first aid kit and starts going through the contents. Let's see. Liver pills? No. Aspirin? No. Safety pins? No. Duct tape? No, but always useful. Suddenly, their spacecraft begins to rock violently. Captain Flair and Lieutenant Penelope are thrown from side to side, crashing into the dashboard, the windows, the picnic basket. Captain Flair, look out for the pickles! But it's too late. Baby Gherkins and Dill Spears are everywhere, and Captain Flair is drenched in pickle juice. Writing himself, wiping off the pungent liquid, and looking out the window, Flair exclaims, What the devil? Lieutenant Penelope, report! What do you see out there? It looks like the trees are bouncing us around like a beach ball. That's what it looks like to me too, Captain. But how can that be? Trees can't toss things around. Can they? Our fearless duo strap themselves back into their cockpit seats and wait out the thrashing. Finally, it stops just as quickly and dramatically as it began. It's about time. I think I have whiplash. I don't suppose that first aid kit has a neck collar. Oh, never mind. You okay there, Lieutenant Penelope? There's a good girl. We must carry out our mission and find out what can be done about getting us off this damn... Uh, I mean, darn planet of trees. Yes, Captain, I'm fine. Just a bit jostled. My insides feel like jiffy pop popcorn that's been left on the stove too long. Shall I continue looking for bandages for your kneecap? No, no, we've more important things to do now, Lieutenant. We must get outside the ship and assess the damage. I'll lean on you for support if I need to. Anytime, Captain. I'm always here for you. As, as first mate, I mean. The two intrepid travelers hobbled their way back to the ship's exit door, turning the handle and pushing. Drats! Wouldn't you know, the door seems to be blocked by an errant limb or something. Help me, Lieutenant Penelope. Push with all your might. Aye, aye, Captain. Pushing here. So they pushed and they shoved with their hands and their backs. Get your, uh, I mean, put a shoulder to it, Lieutenant. Mm. Uh. <sighs> uh, it's, it's just no use. It won't budge. Are we trapped in here forever? We've got a picnic of tuna fish, potato salad, and peach fried pies, but after that, nada. We'll die in here! I'm too young to die! I've never really lived! No! Not this way! Taking charge of the hysterical woman, Captain Flair gave her a much-needed shake, to which Penelope reacted with a glare that belied her usual compliant disposition. Grab hold of yourself, Lieutenant! We're not going to die! Not if Captain Flair has something to say about it! Hand me that blowtorch! There's more than one way to skin a spaceship. I'm going to cut us out! Of course, that will render the ship irreparably incapable of flying again. We'll be marooned here for the rest of our lives, unless we can get word back to the mothership, but our communications are out. Never mind that. One thing at a time. We've got to get out of this ship! Pardon me, Captain, but why do we need to get out? If we were going out to assess the damage, it couldn't possibly be worse than cutting a giant gaping hole in the hull. It seems to me, Captain, if I may speak freely, sir... That we'd be better off in here where we know, at least for now, that we're safe. And we do have the picnic lunch, sir. I could spread out the blanket and we could eat right here on the floor and just imagine we're in a nice grassy meadow surrounded by trees. Uh, <laughs> oops, we are surrounded by trees. 
So forget that part, but I still think the picnic is a good idea. Putting his thumb and forefinger to his chin and rubbing thoughtfully, Captain Flair considered the alternatives. Cut an unrepairable hull in the hull and be stranded with what seemed to be very angry trees for the rest of their lives, or sit on the floor with the beautiful lieutenant and enjoy what could likely be their last meal, however enjoyable it might be, in the relative safety of their craft. What should he do? Did you pack the tuna fish sandwiches and potato salad in the thermal bag with ice when we left Planet Hulu? We wouldn't want to get tomain poisoning on top of everything else. Safety first also applies to food, you know. Oh yes, Captain. I'm always very careful about tomain poisoning. My great-aunt Bertha had a violent case back on Planet Screwed. She was sick from one end to the other and- Yes, yes. That'll be all, Lieutenant. Just spread the blanket and we'll decide what to do next over our fried pies. Peach, you say? Hmm. My favorite. Somehow I knew that, sir. And so Lieutenant Penelope spread out her favorite Mario Brothers blanket and went about setting out the picnic of tuna fish sandwiches, potato salad, and peach fried pies. She also had a flask of peach fuzz wine to complement the meal. Just as Captain Flair was about to take the first bite of his sandwich, with the crust cut off, of course. Earthlings, you are surrounded. Do not try to escape. Your escape hatch is blocked by three million tons of petrified wood. Drats! Well, that explains a lot. We weren't trying to escape just now, were we, Captain? We were just trying to enjoy a nice picnic, and they had to go and get all bussy. Not now, Lieutenant. Do as I say, and you will not be harmed. You have something aboard your ship that is vital to our existence. Relinquish it, and you will live. Refuse and you will die a horrible, agonizing death. If you understand, go to the front window of your craft and wave three times. Left, right, left with your right hand and up, down, up with your left hand. Holy jumping Jehoshaphats! Oh, I'm sorry, Captain. I guess I was so frightened I forgot my language. Perfectly understandable, Lieutenant. Just watch it in the future. Cursing is a sign of a weak, unimaginative mind. I wonder if that's my right and left or their right and left. Do trees have rights and left? I mean, do they have fronts and backs? I think, sir, if I may say so, it probably doesn't matter. Side to side, then up and down, they'll probably get the message. Right you are, Lieutenant. Here goes. So Captain Flair screwed his courage to the sticking point and hobbled to the front window, still suffering from the kneecap and pyramid of their crash landing. His neck, however, was feeling much better, thank you. Deciding that he would take a chance and use his own right and left hands for the signal, he proceeded as instructed, left, right, left with his right hand, up, down, up with his left. He hoped that he'd got the last part right and it wasn't supposed to be down, up, down. Sitting down in his cockpit chair, he awaited further instructions and waited and waited. Nothing. After about an hour... Wonder what the holdup is, Captain. Should we go ahead and eat? The tuna might be getting a little ripe and the mayo and the potato salad won't stay fresh forever. That may be true, but I don't want to risk missing their next communication. It most certainly will be vital. Permission to speak freely, sir. As always, Lieutenant, proceed. Well, sir, judging by the decibel levels of their last communications, I doubt we would miss the next one. 
since the whole craft is only six feet by six feet and we are sitting literally on top of the trees. Good point, Lieutenant. Captain Flair then unbuckled his seatbelt, safety first and foremost, and hobbled back to the picnic spread so expertly by his first mate. Does this potato salad taste a little blinky? No, sir, I... well, now that you mention it, maybe. But the wine should take care of any nasty little unwanted microbes. It's about 80 proof, sir. Wine? I thought this was fruit punch. I've already had six glasses. Oh, well. And the captain took another swig of the tasty peach fuzz wine. Earthlings! Spewing wine all over Lieutenant Penelope, a startled Captain Flair jumped to his feet. Earthlings, the High Council of Limbs has met and unanimously decided to annihilate you, despite your seeming willingness to cooperate. Now wait just a gold darn minute, you hunk of potential toothpicks! Lieutenant Penelope had had all the tree nonsense she could handle. They had ruined a perfectly nice picnic, one she had made with her own two little hands, and she wasn't about to take any more of their high-handed ways. No siree, Bob. Putting her face as close to the front window as possible and raising her voice so that the truculent trees could hear her loud and clear, she addressed the tyrant. You never even told us what you want from us. You, you tyrannical son of a birch. Lieutenant, please. Sorry, Captain, but I'm hopping mad now. Your point is well taken, feisty one. We will reconvene the council, and I will return to you with our answer. Cornerstone Payments has been a longtime supporter of the arts in our community. Since 2002, Cornerstone has provided area businesses and merchants with innovative solutions to secure credit card processing and more. They assess the individual needs and business model to find and provide the most cost-effective way to accept payments. Traditional credit card terminals, point-of-sale systems to manage inventory, mobile swipers for curbside or delivery, payment links to your website, e-invoicing, reoccurring payment setups, and virtual terminals, which allow payments to any web browser from the comfort of your desk or home office. Cornerstone doesn't require long-term contracts. They promise great rates, superior technology, and over-the-top customer service. Cornerstone Payments has been a longtime friend of us here at HickPack and have even served on our board of directors. Find out more at cornerstonepayments.net or give them a call at 903-675-3232. Our valiant explorers waited for the decision of the council and the return of Sycamore with their fate in his hands, er, bows. Actually, Flair took a peach fuzz-induced nap while Lieutenant Penelope tried her hand at fixing the onboard computer after clearing away the picnic debris. All was peaceful or at least quiet until, awaking abruptly from his fitful repose, Captain Flair heard thunder. No, not thunder. It was trees moving, surrounding the spacecraft. Penelope, report, what do you see? Oh, oh my goodness. 
that Mr. Sycamore is back and he's brought another tree that looks very important and a whole bunch of other trees that have circled up around us. What do you think they want? Are they going to annihilate us like they said? But before the courageous captain could answer, there was a tremendous roar just outside the cabin door. Earthlings, attention! The triumvirate of trees in its infinite wisdom has decided to allow you to defend your actions. You will accompany us to their copse, where you will be put on trial for your lives. But first, I would like to have a word with the twit of a girl who calls Sir Sycamore a son of a birch. I am a birch, and I take great umbrage at your intention to disparage both myself and Sir Sycamore with your remark. In the first place, it is biologically impossible for a sycamore to be the son of a birch. And in the second place, if I were to have a son, it would not be the likes of him. Do you quite understand? Because if you don't, and continue to behave in such a disrespectful manner, I will personally tear you limb from limb. Oh, my. Yes, ma'am. I understand. I lost my temper. I really meant no offense. I'll stay as calm as calm can be. I do so apologize. It was very unlike me and very unladylike, too. Very well. You may disembark. Your cabin door has been freed from its bonds. You will follow me and Sir Sycamore, and just to make sure there is no funny business, you will be guarded by our warrior oozer trees. Kindly step forward. Ladies first, Lieutenant Penelope. A captain is always the last to abandon ship. Watch your step, safety first, you know. Lieutenant Penelope and Captain Flair cautiously opened the hatch door, revealing the vastness of the forest before them, as well as their two guides. I have a bad feeling about this, Captain Flair. Nonsense, Lieutenant. We'll have a nice little chat with the council, get this whole misunderstanding set right, and then we'll be on our way. Except we are stranded here, aren't we? Marooned, one might say. Quiet back there, Earthlings! You have not been given permission to speak. One more peep, and I'll have you oozed before you ever get to trial. That doesn't sound good. Wonder what being oozed means. Quiet, or we're liable to find out. Walking in silence now, our two captives looked up at the towering trees that lined their path. Never have they thought of trees as menacing, but the atmosphere was teeming with peril. Oozers prodded them on none too gently if they lagged. Ouch! Watch it there, buddy. My bark is a lot thinner than yours. The trees suddenly parted and a meadow was revealed. Green grass, wildflowers, and bluebirds chirping up a storm. It looked like such a happy place except, well, except... For the giant redwood standing in the middle of the clearing with his lower boughs crossed fearsomely. More prodding by the oozers brought the daring duo forward and to their knees. Oh. oh! Bow to the all-high king of the forest. Emperor Metasequoia Glyptostroboids. You may address him as your highness. <laughs> Get it? <laughs> oh, oh. His Highness does not speak. We will interpret his bows. Now, how do you plead? Guilty or not guilty? 
Excuse me, madam, but we cannot plead if we do not know the charge or charges against us. As a matter of general principle, being the kinds of upstanding, law-abiding, brave, clean, and reverent people that we are, we plead not guilty, but we should like to hear the charges. Sir Sycamore, did you or did you not state the charges when you arrested these interlopers? Well, as a matter of fact, no, madam. There were no charges, as you might recall, when we were merely going to annihilate them. <laughs> oh, yes, right. You are, Sicky. Then would you be so kind as to read the charges now? Uh, yes, madam. Sir Sycamore cleared his throat rather dramatically. <clears throat> you, Captain Flair, Osgood, and Lieutenant Penelope Blaze are charged with unlawful disturbance of the sacred treetops by means of intentionally crashing your spacecraft into said treetops. You are further charged with unlawful desecration of the sacred treetop canopy, disrupting vital photosynthesis and the flow of life. Crimes against the sacred treetops and photosynthesis are punishable by death. Purpose, don't you see? Silence them, Sicky. Our son is dying. We have only years, maybe months, before our planet, and all of us are dead. Your disturbing our photosynthesis process has shortened our lives irreparably. We thought your dilithium crystals might prolong our lives with artificial light, but as His Highness has spoken, there is no reprieve. Now, how do you plead? You, you carbon-based cross creatures. Stunned by the unexpected allegations and the news of the planet's impending doom, Flair and Penelope looked at each other in amazement. Rising to his feet, Captain Flair took a deep breath and turned the floor over to his first mate. You're so much better at this sort of thing, Lieutenant. I trust you implicitly to get us out of this mess. No pressure. And with that, Captain Flair sat back down. Gee, thanks, Cap. Now you trust me. I see. I see how it is. Very well. Ladies and gentlemen of the council, thank you for your time. I will be brief. Have you lost your minds? No, no, Penelope, let, let's be nice. It's nice to be nice. With oozers moving closer and Sir Sycamore and Madame Birch raising their bark, Penelope held up her hand in truce. Sorry, Your Highness. Members of the Council, let me start again. Our spacecraft was torpedoed by the dastardly Dr. Demise, and we barely made it to your planet. The only chance for our survival was to attempt an uncontrolled crash into your treetops. We had no idea they were sacred, but we had lost all maneuvering ability and had no choice. Honest to John, pinky swear. So you see, we didn't intentionally desecrate your sacred treetops. We didn't intentionally interrupt your photosynthesis. We were innocent bystanders, and we would happily repair any damage if we could. Our dilithium crystals might help. We don't know. We've never used them for photosynthesis before. Could be worth a try. But annihilating us would do you no good and would do us a whole lot of harm. And besides, we'll give you whatever you want. Except the peach fuzz wine, which Captain Flair pretty much annihilated himself. What do you say? Can't we all just get along? Oh, silence, you pesky weevil woman. 
We are way beyond getting along. Your argument is rejected. Looking up to his highness, watching as his bows waved to and fro as if swaying in the wind, Madam Birch continued. His highness has ruled. You are found guilty and you shall be hung by your feet and oozed until you die. Oozers, take your prisoners. The oozer guard surrounded the helpless two and lifted them high into the branches of the tallest oozer. Out of nowhere, jungle vines wrapped themselves around the struggling bodies of Captain Flair and Lieutenant Penelope until their squirming, twisting, and turning became totally useless. Hanging upside down, Flair attempted to speak. Trat, this is giving me a frightful headache. Lieutenant Penelope, I don't suppose you brought the aspirin. No, no time for that. Well, old girl, this may be the final episode. I mean, last hurrah for us. You've been a swell first mate and a dandy navigator. It's truly been my honor to serve under you, Captain. I forgive you for getting us into this mess. Forgive me? Why, my dear lieutenant, I specifically remember it was you who sent us directly into the path of Dr. Demise after leaving Planet Hulu. I guess you've forgotten that, right? I have not forgotten that, but I also remember it was you who decided we didn't need the force field, that we could outrun Dr. Demise. Only you forgot we didn't have full power to get us into warp speed before he attacked. Huh? Huh? As the two argued, Flair noticed a vicious fluid slowly enveloping his body. Penelope was noticing, too. Good grief in a handbasket! What is this goo? Oh my goodness, this is the ooze! We're going to be oozed to death by this stuff! Whatever it is, we'll drown when it gets to our noses and mouths! What a way to go! I'm sorry, Flair! Well, there probably isn't any good way to die, but this does seem particularly nasty, ooey, and gooey. Let's let bygones be bygones. See if you can break your bonds, fast! It's moving past my knees. It will be to my belly button before long. We haven't much time. And with that, Flair and Penelope began violently twisting, trying to wrench themselves free of the contracting vines. They were getting nowhere. It looked hopeless. Was this truly the end of Captain Flair Osgood and Lieutenant Penelope Blaze? For 56 years, the Athens Little Theater, now known as the Henderson County Performing Arts Center, has served Athens and surrounding areas with great plays and musicals, all put on professionally by volunteers who love theater. Generations of local actors have performed on our stage, and we've always found enough financial support through patrons and generous supporters to keep our nonprofit afloat. But this is the first time in history that we've had to go dark. Because of a pandemic that can't tell us when we'll be bringing great performances back to the theater. And we still have bills to pay like everyone else. That's why we're having our 56 for 56 campaign. We're asking for $56 for 56 years of the arts in Athens and Henderson County. Please be a supporter, for this is a mighty dark hour for us. Send your tax-deductible donation to HICPAC, P.O. Box 102, Athens, Texas, 75751. Donations may also be made on our website at hickpack.org.
Our fearless fighters struggled valiantly to break their bonds, but the vines were too strong. Nothing worked. And then... I'm free! I'm free too! But my head hurts. I really hope you can find that neck brace and some aspirin. Yes, Captain. Later, Captain. Right now, we need to run. Run, Flare, run! And the two began to hot-foot it back the way they had come, back to the only safety they knew, their spacecraft. Lieutenant Penelope, my boots. Where are my boots? I believe they're still up in the tree, entwined by vines. Best I can figure, Captain, the ooze oozed us right out of our boots and dropped us headfirst onto the ground. Be careful of the pine needles. Ouch! <laughs> now you tell me. Sorry, Captain. Captain, look, we're almost there. Just a few more yards. Hurry! Uh, I'm right behind you, Lieutenant. You bring the remote hatch opener? Yes, sir. Opening the hatch now. But the hatch didn't open. Our hero and heroine got closer, and Lieutenant Penelope kept pushing the button, but the hatch did not open. Now what? I'm afraid, sir, the ooze oozed out the circuit. We're going to have to attempt a manual opening. And we've got to hurry. I can hear the trees lumbering close behind us. Lieutenant, pull! We're in! We're safe! Oh, Captain, let's get out of here. But, Lieutenant, we can't leave. Don't you remember? Our instruments are all offline. Nothing on the panel works. We may die on this planet here in the cockpit, but at least we won't be oozed to death. But, Captain, we can leave. While you were sleeping off the peach fuzz wine, I... Well, I hope you don't mind my taking liberties, sir, but I repair the computer and everything is in ship shape. We have enough fuel to escape this planet's atmosphere, but not much more. Perhaps we can... Earthlings, surrender! You are surrounded. Your fate is in our limbs. Oh, sicky! That didn't work before, and it's not going to work now. We shan't try to frighten you anymore. Let's see if we can work something out. Yes? We have the power. No, actually, we don't, my dear. Let's have a nice confab and... See if we can come up to some equitable agreement. We have the power. Someone cut off his echo. Oh, thank you very much. Now, Flair, darling, come to the window so I can see you better and let's chat. This is not going to work, and His Highness is going to be very upset. His bows were trembling when I left. Oh, all right, have it your way. For a while, anyway, I think you're wasting your breath. <laughs> Well, thank you, Sicky. Now, Flair, are you there? Oh, yes, there you are, my good man. Oh, and that precious Penelope. Oh, you can come up to the window too, sweetie. Oh, good. Good. Now, let's come to an understanding. We want what you have, and you want to leave. Is that about it? Yes, ma'am. That's about it. But well, we can't give you all our dilithium crystals and still have enough energy to leave, so we have an issue there. I told you so. Permission to speak, Captain. Yes, yes, Penelope. What is it? Well, we are in a tricky negotiations here. Can it wait? No, sir. I think it can help. Uh, well, let the girls speak, Captain. Don't hog all the glory. Well, all right, then. What is it? Lieutenant Penelope nudges the captain aside to get a better view of Madame Birch, woman to woman tree, as it were. We've enough energy from our crystals to break free of your atmosphere. After that, not so much. 
What if you built a slingshot from his highness's bows and shot us up out of your atmosphere? We could leave you enough crystals to get you started on your new artificial sun, and we could use the rest to get us to the safety of one of our sister ships in the area. And then when we could communicate with our mothership, we could ask them to send you enough dilithium to last you for a long, long time. Sound good? Madam Birch and Sir Sycamore put their bows together and considered the plan. It would require a lot of trust on both sides, and it would require convincing His Highness to cooperate. Penelope bit her fingernails, her only bad habit, and Flair paced the cabin, hoping to find a little more of that peach fuzz wine. Finally, the two trees parted and spoke. At this point, we are willing to try it. We are desperate for a solution to our photosynthesis problem, and... You are desperate to get home. Doing it your way would ensure our having enough power to last many centuries instead of just a few years. We really don't want to have to keep hijacking spacecraft to supply our needs. We shall begin preparations immediately. We think we can convince His Highness of the practicality of this solution. You must allow us to transport your vehicle to His Highness as he cannot come to you. Agreed? Flair and Penelope looked at each other knowingly, nodded and strapped themselves in to prepare for the journey. Safety first. The once unfriendly oozers now picked up the ship and as gently as possible carried it to the meadow and his highness. Sir Sycamore and Madame Birch had gone ahead to prepare the way and to have a persuasive talk with his highness. This is rather like riding in a river craft, eh, Lieutenant? You doing all right over there? That was a brilliant plan, by the way. Good job. Thank you, Captain. I couldn't have done it without your expert training. I'm a product of your expertise, and besides, I guess I'm just a do-gooder at heart. I couldn't bear to leave the trees on a dying planet. No sun, no photosynthesis. It would have been selfish and just too, too awful. This way, everyone wins. Right you are, Lieutenant. By the time the oozers had reached the meadow with their cargo, His Highness had signed on to the deal and construction of the giant slingshot had begun. Come out, darlings, and have a spot of tea. Sir Sycamore is a marvelous baker and has made the most scrumptious shortbread biscuits. And the oozers have provided us with some of their ooze for sweetener. Ooze for sweetener? You mean that stuff you tried to kill us with? No, thanks. (laughs) Don't be closed-minded, my dear. Oozing is the sweetest sap there is. Oozers, in case you didn't recognize them, are maple trees. Maple trees? You were going going to to kill kill us us with maple maple syrup? Well, we really are a peaceable lot. We don't have any weapons, so it was the best we could come up with on such short notice. Say, I've got a great idea. Why don't you trade your maple syrup for the dilithium crystals? The mothership could sell the syrup to all the vessels in the galaxy. Folks are always looking for a sweet treat, and this is the best maple syrup I've ever had. Not to mention the only maple syrup I've had since I left Earth. It would be a great trade, your syrup for the dilithium crystals you need. Bravo, young lady. That's a splendid idea. Brilliant, even. The oozers would be all too happy to be of service to their planet. I say... The giant slingshot was finished. Captain Flair and Lieutenant Penelope climbed aboard and prepared to be propelled into the stratosphere. Seatbelt fastened, Lieutenant. Safety first. Brace yourself. Aye, aye, Captain. 
buckled in and ready for our next adventure. The pleased pair saluted their new tree friends, promised to return soon for tea and biscuits, and then... The ship was catapulted into space. Its passengers forced back into the recesses of their seats by the G-force of accelerating to the point of escaping the planet's atmosphere. Lieutenant Penelope, I think we've done a good thing for the trees and the planet down there. We can be proud of ourselves. Aye, aye, Captain. We did a good thing. And as soon as I can get our communication system online... Wait. What's that, Captain? Straight ahead. It looks like a headless horseman riding across the sky. But that can't be. My eyes must be playing tricks on me. No, Lieutenant Penelope, I see the same thing. A headless horseman riding across the star field with a jack-o'-lantern under his arm. What the devil? Take the calm, Lieutenant. Veer starboard and we'll crash right into it. Him. Whatever. Turn quickly. I'll get the photons online in case we have to defend ourselves. Oh, no! Tune in for the next exciting episode of Captain Flair and the Hapless Halloween Haunts. Maybe next Halloween. Until then, send in your box tops for your Captain Flair decoder ring. Good night. Join us next time for the Hickpack Radio Show. And remember, all our radio plays are available on the Hickpack Podcast, available wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, good night. <laughs>